degree to which we are willing to give Jesus access to what is deeply beneath the surface in our lives is a degree to which we will experience freedom in Him. It's easy to be growing in Bible knowledge and learning things about God, but not necessarily growing into becoming a more loving, humble, approachable, and teachable person. Welcome to the Cliff Temple Podcast. I'm Gannon Sims. I'm joined by my colleague Trevor Jamison. At Cliff Temple, we're building everyday people into everyday missionaries for Jesus Christ. And if we're going to be everyday missionaries, we've got to think as we go. And when Jesus gave the Great Commission, it's, it's really this. It's as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're, we're aware of uh, the fact that it's, it's really great to gather together and do uh, work together, to learn together, to, to worship together in real time. But because we're shaped by so many different narratives out there, Trevor and I thought it'd be a great idea to uh, provide more content so that we can be shaped by uh, the culture here at Cliff Temple, and, and more importantly, the way of the holy and undivided trinity, the way of following Jesus in the world. So we, we just want to be able to provide a little bit of content. And so, uh, Trevor, what are we working through uh, this, this fall? Yeah, so we're going to be working through the materials that an author named Pete Scazzaro wrote called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it's a great book. I've taught it in the past, and um, it's something that really digs deep into some of the ongoing internal things that we have, like our emotions, our history, all of these things that come to play into our spiritual lives. But we as Baptists or Protestants, I don't know, we just sometimes don't do as great of a job talking about these things. We do a great job learning about Scripture, learning about who God is, but all of these things come into play into our histories that we bring with us into church, into some of the emotional things we're dealing with, such as anger or sadness or trials that we're trying to figure out, how do I fit God into my life? How do I fit God into my problems? And some of these things that, I don't know, the Bible, it seems like the Bible doesn't always speak to. And so at, at Club Temple, we've um, adopted this pattern of life that is up, in and out. And uh, by that I mean up toward God, in toward um, community, and, and that even in, that involves internal work, and then out toward the world. And so I, I just want you to imagine an iceberg. And you can see the tip of the iceberg, and you can see that kind of that life lived up in and out, and maybe you're going along uh, doing what you think is a pretty good job of, of being a parent or being uh, a, a good employee at your company. You're doing a pretty good job in your spiritual life. But underneath the surface, there is so much going on that is uh, vastly untapped. There are things that have happened in our lives that we're not aware of, um, that we really want to get to the bottom of. And so I, I you know, go through life, and I think all of us do, and we catch ourselves in the act. When, and we, we need to stop, though, when we catch ourselves in the act and say, why do I react the way that I react um, when I you know, 
spill water on myself, whatever it is. Like, why do I react that way? And so it's like getting into that inner life and underneath the surface, chipping away at that iceberg. And, and that's really what we want to be about um, and, and as we learn uh, from, from this material. So Scazzaro very helpfully gives us this illustration of an iceberg. So if what I'm hearing you correctly, again, is what you're saying is you see this sort of triangle relationship, right? At the top, we have the up. Then on the bottom, we have the in and out, the sort of relationship that Jesus models. You're saying you see some of these things, right? The way we react to water spilling on the God has very much to do with the way that we see our relationship to God and maybe the relationship we see with each other, right? That maybe my wife can help me, right? And it's not a burden to her that we're supposed to have this mutual relationship and we're not living isolated. Am I hearing you correctly? You're you're hearing me correctly. I mean, there are so many areas of our life that, um, you know, I know and you know about me, that it's easy to kind of pick up areas in our life that we know about one another. There are areas of blind spots. There are things that uh, you know about me that I don't know about me. And so in the church, if we're going to be the body of Christ, if we're going to lead it in mutual relationships, we've got to help each other with our blind spots. There are facades that we put up all the time. There are things that um, we know and we don't want anyone to know. Well, we want to create safe spaces of belonging where you can, you can um, disclose uh, information carefully. Uh, we don't know, need to know everybody's everything, but, but I think coming out of the woods a little bit and, and creating safe spaces of belonging is important in the life of the church. But then also, there are just these things, talking about under the surface things or inner life things that, that no one knows, that I don't know, you don't know, only God knows. And, and by kind of praying through those things and, and entering, courageously entering into a journey of discovery, we can learn more about ourselves and again, why we react the way that we react. Because we cannot be um, spiritually mature unless we're emotionally mature. And our hope um, as, as pastors of the church, as, as ministers of the gospel, is to present everyone mature in Christ. And if, if we're going to be about every person in ministry in our, in our church, and we believe that, uh, we want to be able to present all of us mature. So we've got to help each other do this, which is why this material is so uh, important. That's a, a helpful thing there I'm seeing, Gannon, because uh, when we think about maturity, I wonder if we think about people who are maybe just older or mature Christians as people who know a lot. Um, But what I think these materials are pulling out is that maturity even has to do with knowing your past, knowing some of the things that are going on that maybe you don't even recognize. Um, So maturity is more than just learning the whole Bible cover to cover. It's about taking that Bible and sort of applying it to know a sort of Greek sort of idea of know thyself, right? That's kind of what I'm hearing here. Yeah, I mean, Skazira talks about a, a, a person in his church, and the, the author of the book, uh, Planted a Church, is a, is a really wonderful multicultural um, church. And uh, you know, he talks about a, a guy in his church who says, you know, Pete, I, I've been a Christian for 22 years, but really what I've learned about myself is I've just been um, a Christian 22 years, but it's almost like it's every single year has been the same. I've not grown beyond a one-year-old Christian. I've just been a one-year-old Christian 22 times. And we want to see people grow in the faith. I mean, we all know people who are wise beyond their years. They're old souls at the ripe age of 25. 
there are people who are 75 and they're still reacting the same way that they reacted in high school. Um, but we want to uh, create, again, ways of being where we can call each other into who God uh, has made us uh, to be, and that is spiritually and emotionally uh, mature uh, humans. I mean, Jesus is the fully human one. And um, so by living into our, our full humanity, following his lordship, um, we really get to, to help each other become more human. And boy, don't we need that in the world today. The encouraging part about these materials from when I've read them is that it's so tempting to show up even as a pastor to church and feel bad again that week that I didn't pray enough or I didn't read my Bible enough like I wanted to, not because I thought God demanded that of me. I went through that change early in my Christian walk, but still felt like you were saying just repeating the same year over and over like it's Groundhog Day. I show up to church again hoping I may be mature this time and I grow into a better Christian um, of who God wants me to be for no legalistic reasons, right? I've got that down. But then um, these materials present this possibility that uh, of, of stopping and asking yourself, what's really going on beneath your heart that's causing you to even like learn what you learn on Sunday from whatever the pastor preached from the pulpit and then have amnesia on Monday, right? I think Scherzero is onto something that there's something deeper happening here and you have to ask yourself good questions, right? To be able to grow into a 75-year-old Christian when you're 75. That's right. And so um, there are 10 uh, symptoms that Scazzaro identifies as uh, symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. And so um, I'm just going to tick through those uh, 10 things. I invite you to, to buy the book, listen to the book. You'll get an in-depth uh, look at these symptoms. But, but the symptoms are these. Um, the, the first one is using God to run from God, uh, which might mean that uh, sometimes we fill our lives with Christian activities because it's what we think we're supposed to do. Um, and sometimes Christian activities are easier than uh, developing a deep uh, spiritual life and um, the difficulty that might, that might confront us with. So uh, using God to run from God. Uh, second one is an ignoring Emotions, uh, particularly the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear. And, you know, a lot of us have been taught, well, just suppress your emotions, just, you know, just, you know, stiff upper lip, uh, grow up. Um, but I don't think we, we really grow into mature people if we're constantly, you know, biting our upper lip. It's like if we're, if we're angry or if we're sad, let's identify why and let's invite the Lord into that and let's move through it. Uh, with him together instead of instead of trying to go uh, around it. Um, so ask yourself, how, how are you feeling? And invite the Lord into it. Third thing is dying to the wrong things. Um, you know, sometimes we, we die to the things that give us joy. Um, we don't think that we can really take a day off. We don't think that we can really enjoy a, a beautiful sunset because we've got to work to do. Or we've got, you know... Uh, it, it's for those of us who work in ministry, we've got, we've got ministry that needs to be done. When the Lord is asking us to just stop and reflect and contemplate um, the beauty of creation. Um, the fourth thing is denying the impact that our past makes upon our present. Um, we've got to consider how our childhood, how our family, how our past experiences shape 
uh, who we are today. Um, and in that we know that Jesus died for us. We know that anyone in Christ is a new creation. Um, but there aren't shortcuts to receiving that. Um, we've got to deal with the old when it comes back to haunt, haunt us. I mean, you know, sometimes sure, we, we spring a leak. We think we're going along just fine. And um, this, you know, we, we had a basement flood in the church uh, this week. And so we, we did uh, essentially spring a leak and we were surprised by it and we got it all cleaned up. Um, but it's when we, when we spring a leak, when we're confronted with something uh, from our past, it's important to just, okay, let's sit with that, let's deal with it, let's clean up the mess and then, and then uh, move on. Um, number five is dividing our life into compartments, and, and especially compartments of sacred and secular. And so we want people to be engaged in whole life discipleship. Um, we want to be who we are no matter where we are, uh, at home, at work, everywhere in between. Um, number six is doing for God instead of being with God. The old being a, a human doing rather than a human being. Um, so we're going to invite one another into a life of learning to be with God. Uh, there's a devotional guide that goes along with the course that invites us to kind of consider a couple of minutes of silence. And, and, and that's long for some of us, two whole minutes of silence. But being with God in those moments of silence uh, can, can break us down and, and break into our reality and deepen our spiritual life. Um, number seven is avoiding or spiritualizing conflict. Uh, a lot of us love to avoid conflict. We don't want to confront uh, hard issues, but avoidance is um, not going to con contribute to our maturity. Um, some of us also will spiritualize conflict. Well, that must mean the devil made me do it, something like that. And so we need to be really careful about either avoiding conflict or um, spiritualizing it. And number eight, sometimes we cover over our brokenness, we cover over our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups, um, our weaknesses, our failure, um, and you know, feel like if we speak about our weaknesses, it's it's a it's a mark of failure, and and that's not. We've got to be able to again talk about it so that we can move through it. And number nine, some of us live without limits. Um, some, some of us, and I'm just speaking for myself here, try to do it all. I try to bite off more than I can chew. I think that I'm superhuman, and I'm not. Only Jesus is. <laughs> He's fully human. He's fully divine. I am uh, just trying to live in light of who he is, and, and I've got to live within the limits um, given to me. Um, and once I come to a better understanding of my own limits, I am a your person because then I get to let everybody else be them. And so Trevor lives with his limits and someone else in the church lives within their own limits and then we get to be a body of Christ working together and it's, it's a fun thing to say, you know what? I can't do that, but I know who can and we can do it together. Um, the tenth is judging the spiritual journeys of others. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to look um, and, and actually this week at First uh, Corinthians, and it, we're gonna we're gonna talk about like learning how to see even a, a little bit better. We we can't see one another through human eyes. We've got to see one another through God's eyes, and so it's it's really tempting to try to fix one another, um, especially our kids. <laughs> um, but we need to be patient. So much of the Christian life is is being patient in prayer 
And if you feel judgy towards another human, especially another human who's a, a, a confessing Christian, we've got to just kind of stop again, uh, recognize that, name it, and uh, bring it to the Lord for him to deal with. So, so those are just the 10 things that we can clip right through again. You can listen to the book, read the book, get a lot more uh, in depth on those 10 things. We thought it was important to share those things as we want to move together as a church um, towards emotional and spiritual health. So as we're listening to, um, specifically me, listening to this long list of things that can frankly terrify me and make me question my growth in the Christian faith. Okay, so one thing that particularly stands out to me is um, the living without limits thing is really, and the doing for God instead of being with God is especially, especially difficult um, especially when you are working at a church and this is your job and it's often hard to discern. Okay, so when am I just showing up and doing what you know I think I'm supposed to do for God instead of sitting aside and, and taking time in the morning or the evening or even just in the middle of the day to break and just be with God. Um, we hear this list. What do we do? I know it's only the first week for this emotionally healthy um, exploration, but but what kind of can we do with this list after you know we've kind of maybe one or two of these things have stuck out to us? Well, I think we ask ourselves a, a question, and that question might be what what uh, on this list causes you to sing, and what stings a little bit. What what causes you to ask the question of oh that that sounds like something I need to deal with, and then and then um, you know. Having the practice of just asking yourself then the question, of course, what is getting, what is God using about this material to get my attention, and then what am I going to do about it? And, and more importantly, um, who are you going to share it with? Um, we, we have to do this together. So if, if you're hearing something like, you know what, I really do uh, have a problem doing for God and not being for God, well, I need to talk about that with someone, and then I need to develop some kind of way where um, I can learn to B. Um, I can learn to sit uh, in, in stillness or silence uh, if necessary. And we're, and we're providing these. Um, there's this uh, Emotionally Healthy Day by Day that comes along uh, as part of the course. You can uh, pick it up on Amazon if you don't have a copy. And in that, you know, he, uh, Scazzaro kind of outlines this way of praying. You know, Jews prayed three times a day. And I don't know. I, I, and, and, Many of our Christian experiences, we might pray in, a, in a, a time of daily devotions. We might pray over our dinner with our family. But there's not like this pattern of, of daily prayer. And so the invitation here also is into a pattern of daily prayer. Morning, noon, night, or morning and night, something. Just trying it to develop a, a healthy rhythm um, in the Christian life. So, yeah. So one thing, um, just kind of as a final application that we had um, talked about was the story of Saul. And I know that the author brings this up as well in his book. And um, in this story of Saul, the king in the Old Testament, we get this story of how God commands him to do a very specific thing. He says, go into this town, destroy everything that's there. Right, this is what I'm commanding you to do. Well, Saul being Saul, he decides to be, maybe, let's be honest, this is a little bit sneaky, right? He goes in, he destroys the town, he saves the best cattle, we're told, he takes the king back. Um, he kind of, you know, it. as a reader, you look at this and you say, dude, you missed it, right? <laughs> God was 
is pretty clear. It was a long list. If you've read the scriptures, it's one of those lists where you're like, there was a lot of things, right? There was no question there. And um, the prophet shows up and just weeps all night and calls him out on this. And then Saul has this moment where he says, well, actually, you know, what I was going to do with those cattle was sacrifice them to the Lord, right? I was I was really saving it for a good, good purpose. Um, meanwhile, we're told he's like up building a monument to himself. So it kind of this dissociative behavior. And at the end, um, right, the prophet says to him, God's taking away your kingship, right? You didn't obey him. It doesn't matter whether you were actually going to sacrifice these to the Lord that the fact is that you chose you chose to not follow in obedience instead of sacrifice, right? So the message of the scripture we get there is obedience over sacrifice. Um, what's kind of your takeaway um, from these materials? Because Scazzaro obviously thought they were related. Um, what, what do you think was happening in Saul? How do you think this applies to some of the things um, you were just describing here? Well, I think Saul wasn't willing to, to deal with his issues. Saul was uh, scared. Saul was um, worried about what everybody else thought. Um, and he wasn't really interested in uh, following uh, what God had commanded him to do. Um, and, and, you know, we've got to really take into account in our own lives. Are, are we afraid of others? Uh, are, are we willing to, again, disclose uh, more of ourselves with others and uh, we worry about pleasing man or, or pleasing God? And so, you know, again, this is, this is a process that we're all on. Uh, we, we must all go at our own pace. Um, and, and we're here, and this is what the church is, exists for. We're here to sort of embody and bring forth the presence of God uh, all the time. And so we're going to be, um, again, engaged in a, a lot of conversation around these topics. We're going to be preaching through um, these uh, scriptures as well uh, as part of our Sunday morning gatherings and, and you know, hopefully making those uh, available even beyond our, our um, online live feed. So, um, again, we're excited to offer um, this podcast as as a way to to further uh, shape our our life and our imagination in the Christian faith. And um, let me pray for us, and we'll uh, be on our way. We thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Um, and um, just remember that um, as everyday missionaries uh, shaped by Jesus Christ, we are a people uh, who are focusing on Jesus only. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Um, for shaping us. We submit our lives to you. We submit the questions that we have, the issues that have arisen uh, during this conversation and are listening to it. We place them before your cross to deal with. We pray that as we go, uh, we would be about making disciples. I pray that just even if um, we're, some of us are driving in our cars right now, that we would, uh, before we get out at our next stop, we would take a moment to contemplate you and to ask you, God, what you might want for us in our next encounter, our next meeting, our next walk across the parking lot or walk into our house. Um, would we practice your presence uh, in our everyday life? This we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen.